Welcome to the Alien Probe Podcast. The creepiest myth from every state. Every area of the world has its own myths and legends that are passed down through the ages. Twisted by decades-long games of telephone, these stories may have some truthful origin or could simply be one of many tall tales uttered by a natural-born storyteller with a knapsack and a grizzled beard. The stories might have deep metaphors meant to endow a sense of virtue on the listener, bring a sense of beauty and wonder to a certain locale, or, more often than not, scare the living daylights out of children and teens. These myths may have ancient roots in the indigenous cultures that once inhabited the land or the mother countries that colonized them later. And if so, you can expect stories of ancient monsters and tricksters with lessons attached to the traditions almost forgotten. If the stories are derived from more modern times, they tend to exaggerate real-life tragedies, often with bits and pieces stolen from the Hollywood-driven narratives. Regardless, these tales have a tendency to sit as seeds in the back of your mind, waiting to grow into a full-blown panic when darkness falls and the shivers of loneliness set in. And every one of the 50 United States has its own creepy myths. These are the creepiest among, among them. It's December 24th, 2022, and this is what we're doing on Christmas Eve. I'm joined today by Deb. Dr. Bill's taking a couple of weekends off, and uh, we also have Max here. Say hi, Max. That's why the spaceship sounds like the it's spaceship. running. We <laughs> <laughs> got a dog scratching. How's it going, Deb? It's going great. Took the dog for a nice long walk on a cloudy California day. Yeah. Looks like you got your... Uh, you got your shirt on, even though we my, can't, we my, can't, okay, can't quite. You There's stand my up. Alien Pro podcast. Go. Very nice. That's the merch. Nice. Yeah. Way to go. Yeah. So the first one we're gonna go. We're, I think the list encompasses most of all the fifty states. We probably won't um, get through the entire um, fifty states. You but, think? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm gonna start with Alabama, a playground for deceased children. If you want your blood to instantly run cold, the sound of disembodied children's laughter will surely do it for you. I didn't know they laughed. <laughs> this is why a small playground connected to the Maple Hill Cemetery outside of Huntsville, Alabama, wins the list for this state. According to Atlas Obscura, the playground exists to give bored children something to do while older relatives visit the plots of their deceased loved ones. But the living children aren't the only ones said to visit the little park, Deb. Some believe the spirits of the dead children play on the equipment at least as often as the visitors. Many claim to have seen the swings moving on their own, the telltale orbs of spectral inhabitants, or even the apparitions of the child ghosts themselves. Local lore gives two backstories. Either the children buried in the cemetery haunt these grounds, or the eerier of the two, the bodies of children abducted in the 60s were buried where the playground now sits and their restless spirits entertain themselves how any child at such a location would so when you go to the cemetery to visit your dead relatives there's a little playground for the children to play on yes i have Is, never that's seen not that creepy <laughs> you know you don't have that in cali no <laughs> Well, in Alaska, kind of makes sense, though. the okay. screams of women and children lure fishermen to their deaths. In Alaska, it's not the tale of spectral beings that sends chills up the local spines. This myth has corporeal monster at its core. As Sky History UK tells it, there are creatures known as the Kushtaka inhabiting the Alaskan waters. These beings are said to be shape-shifting creatures that turn into otters and mimic the sounds of women. <laughs> turn into otters. Why? Why otters? And they're usually so cute <laughs> no, on their back. Oh, I know. Those little otter we noises. see those down at the river. <laughs> and they never try to lure me in. The sounds of women and children Not in yet. distress in an effort to lure unsuspecting fishermen to their demise. The older legend from which the story was born, though, is even darker. According to S. Esoter X, Kushtaka tales come from the indigenous Tlingit and Chimshin. Glad you, you add this one. always give me the ones with the... <laughs> I planned this like that on purpose. Peoples of the Pacific Northwest. The actual legend says Kushtaka would search out lost or drowning people within their hunting grounds and do one of three things. All oh, these got to be good. Turn them into Kushtaka. 
That's your best That's fate. That's the preferable fate. <laughs> Rip their <laughs> ill-fated victims to pieces or take away their immortal soul, <laughs> preventing them from continuing the cycle of reincarnation and sentencing them to an eternity of oblivion. The nothingness of empty eternity is a fate more horrific than an early death. So, wow. there. Yeah. That's, that's creepy. Arizona, keep the children inside at night so you don't fall to, oh, I got one, La La Rona. La La Rona. La Rona. That La, was, La 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 Rona. They, they did a whole <laughs> series on La Rona on um, Riverdale, the, the Archie comic La, show. La La Rona? Yeah. The Arizona myth, according to Only in Your State, has roots in Aztec lore and has since made popular across the state as a way to keep children indoors after nightfall. That'll do it. Mm -hmm. The story of La La Llorona is terrifying enough to have been made into a popular horror film, The Curse of La Llorona. I'm not rolling my arms. <laughs> According to Vanity Fair, the tale goes like this. A long time ago, a woman named Maria married a rich suitor and bore him two children. The husband stopped paying attention to Maria on the rare occasion he was home, shunned, and noticed only the children soon. Maria discovered him with another woman, the real reason behind his neglect. Enraged by what she'd learned, Maria drowned her children. Oh, nice. That showed him. Ah, regret filled her almost immediately. Oh, I hate it when I did that. Yeah. And she screamed out to them in grief before, in some versions, drowning herself as well. Her spirit was denied the luxury of heaven, sentenced to walk the earth as a restless shade in search of her children. If children pass by a body of water at night, it's said that La Llorona will drag them in and drown them like she did her own brood. She didn't learn from her first grief <laughs> then there. She, then she'll be grieving. Yeah. Oh, I hate it when I did to those kids too. Some say she does the same to cheating husbands. All <laughs> <laughs> All in all, it's best to avoid her in general, just in case. It's kind of like That's Christmas. That's good with me. It's kind of like Christmas. Oh, you know, Santa's coming, but, yeah, you know. be good. It better be good. <laughs> you're not going to get any presents or you're going to get drowned. In Arkansas, it's a hitchhiking specter. You never know what you're going to get when you pick up a hitchhiker. So don't. There's a chance they'll be smelly. A chance they'll be the perfect road companion. There's a chance they'll be smelly. There's a chance they'll be smelly. Have you or, ever picked up a hitchhiker, dude? No. Yeah, no. I guess a girl wouldn't do that. You know, that's not really, no. Uh -uh. Yeah. And besides, I have spent very little time driving cross-country. <laughs> Nobody needs to go by, to the river well, with maybe me. Maybe it's the way home or on, you know, yeah, you just ride to the river. Don't do that much driving, so nobody's wanted to jump in yet. Plus, there's always a stinky dog. My car's the smelly one. Yeah. There's a, there's a slim chance that there'll be a wanted criminal and so on. But things get a little more chilling along the Arkansas Highway 365, where the hitchhiker you pick up could be the wandering spirit of a deceased young woman. Oh, wow. Legend has it, according to KFSM 5 News, the figure of a young woman is seen walking across an eerie bridge south of Little Rock. Her white dress is torn. With the woman looking so down on her luck, passerbys are more than willing to give her a lift. You know, sure, the girl with a torn dress. To the house she always seems to be going to, but once they arrive, the woman vanishes into the chilly night air. The house is said to be that of her mother, who will gladly explain about her daughter's death and her periodic hitchhike home to anyone who knocks on the door. Oh, that's... I'm just going to knock on the door. Well, what happened to the girl? She vanishes and then you just go knock on the door. I I brought a girl here, but she's gone now. The Arkansas State website adds more to the story. Their state website? <laughs> it's on the website. What is Arkansas? So, Saying yeah. there's a rumor of a boy who'd given this girl a ride home. He handed her his jacket to help warm her after her walk in the crisp rain. Like always, she disappeared. He knocked, and the mother explained. Afterward, he visited her grave, only to find his jacket hanging on her tombstone. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, oh man. Hey, I get California. You lucky you. A burned figure attacking campers. Mm -hmm. Does he have a hook for a hand? <laughs> Wildfires. <laughs> Wildfires are a somewhat common occurrence in California, but only one of these ravaging natural disasters have produced the psychopath known to the Ojai Valley as the Char Man. Char Man. Like the charcoal man. 
Some time ago, more specifically in the summer of 1948, I wasn't around then. A large fire blazed through the valley. According to the myth, as detailed by Backpackerverse, the area was <laughs> isolated due to the yeah, Backpackerverse. The area was isolated due to the limited technology of the era. Like there wasn't any technology. There was no technology. Your phone was still in your house. <laughs> And some households were forced to wait days for assistance. One such place was a small cabin where a father and son lived alone. The building was devoured by the fire, the father killed by the flames, leaving the son as the sole survivor. He'd been badly burned, some say charred. But he made it through. Something more than his flesh was changed by the heat, the smoke, and the pain he endured, though. A piece of his mind was broken turning him into a monster. As testament, when the police arrived on the scene, they found the corpse of his father hanging, skin flayed from his body from a nearby tree. Well, that's more than just a little personality change. <laughs> it said the Charman, the creature the sun became, still terrorizes the Ojai Valley and will attack unsuspecting hitchhikers and campers so he can collect their skins Aww. like he did his father. Someone who's making lampshades. Buffalo Bill. He needs lampshade, making lampshades out of it. Buffalo maybe. Bill. Oh, making him a suit. <laughs> In Colorado, the gates to hell are on Riverdale Road. I was wondering where they were. Riverdale Road, an 11-mile stretch of road running between Thornton and Brighton, Colorado, is said to be one of the most haunted roads in the United States. And there are plenty of creepy myths to surround it. It's thought to be so haunted, in fact, that many, according to KUSA 9 News, suspect the road houses the actual gates of hell somewhere along its winding curves. The most prominent urban myth about this road has to do with a phantom jogger who attacks cars traveling its pavement or parked on the thin graveled shoulders. The jogger is said to be the spirit of a poor soul who became the victim of a hit and run while trying to catch a little exercise or so... Our community now claims the restless shade now travels the road at night, banging on the sides of traveling cars, or worse, if you're unfortunate to park along his street, the footsteps are all you hear as the jogger approaches your vehicle to beat on its doors and windows, and if you should be unlucky enough to let the specter right reach the driver's side door you might just join him in the in-between between the ghost jogger and a spectral camaro of course said to race drivers to their deaths it might be best to avoid riverdale road altogether it's like archie is that riverdale road? riverdale is the country or is the town yeah is it oh that's a town yeah Connecticut, the deformed melon heads eat human flesh. Hell yeah. No. Hidden away in the woods of Connecticut are a group of people you'd never want to meet. The melon heads. (laughs) Well, because you called called them the melon heads. Big old melon head. (laughs) As they're called by the locals, live down thin country roads on the outskirts of towns where the woods get thick. Where the woods get thick. (laughs) According to the New England Historical Society... They rarely ever come out of hiding. But C.T. Post, where do they get these newspapers? I don't know. Weird. I've never heard of any of these They're made publications. Up, yeah. Says they'll toss rocks at your car to drive you away from their land if you get too close. And that's far from the worst these people will do. There are several theories about where the melon heads come from. Escapees from a mental institution, a group of lost colonizers, or possibly a family bashing back banished from a nearby town for the crimes of witchcraft. Mm. No one knows for certain, but most agree these people have suffered strange physical abnormalities without melon heads after (laughs) generations of inbreeding. These people are said to be small, but with giant heads and a hunger to match, they'll eat anything from small crawling critters to the flesh of people. Supposedly, they have a taste for teens. Of course they and do. Are, <laughs> it smells like teen spirit. And are often blamed by a more superstitious folk when a teenager or a hiker disappears in the woods. A melon head's Big gone. old melon head on you. In Delaware, the screams of a tortured soul may send you running. Most ghost stories involve an unfortunate person who met a terrible demise. The pain of which trapped their souls in a purgatory here on earth and the ghost rumor to haunt Looms Pond in Delaware is no different. 
The story, as told by Only in Your State, says that during the 19th century, a young girl ran away from a bad home situation to seek refuge in the woods around Lum's Pond, an area that's now a swamp trail. Well, things are bad enough that you go live in the swamp. That's... <laughs> well, what looked like a wilderness haven from the trouble of her home turned out to be the haven of someone more sinister the young girl meant to encounter. Having escaped her hardships for mere moments, the girl ran across a camper. The man attacked the young girl, sexually assaulted her, and killed her. Her body was found shortly after, but despite a full manhunt, the murderer was never captured. It's rumored that the inconsolable, it's a hard word for me, shade of the young girl is still wandering the trail. Her cries can be heard echoing through the trees, sending a chill down the spines of even the most courageous. If you're, yeah, that's uh, a child we, abuse We don't hotline. need the, there's yeah. a child abuse, you know. The yeah. Child help, National Child yeah. Abuse Hotline at 1-800-4-A-CHILD. Or contact their live chat services. Yeah, well, yeah. Florida. Hey, I get Florida. Of course you do. Sis, if you're listening, a river runs red with blood. Well, don't Is go it an Indian in. River? It's unclear how far back the myth dates. But if you believe the story, then you can be traced around the Civil War. Sorry, sis, I know you weren't around then. According to the legend, Viva Weird U.S., there was a woman who was once kept as a slave before having been freed, after which she moved to Wachula and served as the town's midwife. From here, the story goes different ways. The woman was either distraught that her own child was taken from her when she was in bonds, as described by Florida Travel Life. Oh, that's what they talk Florida about. Florida Travel Life. About women in bondage. <laughs> Just thought we'd mention this. Was concerned for the food supply or couldn't bear children herself. Regardless, she began smothering babies after delivering them. The woman would carry the remains of the newborns in buckets to the river and dump them off the bridge. Got me a bucket of babies. <laughs> the locals began to notice that more babies died under her care than anyone else. Well, that shouldn't and take she, long. <laughs> How many babies die in this She town? was soon banned from her job as a midwife. Okay. This caused, took away her midwife license. Okay. This caused the woman to go even more crazy. <laughs> oh, no. She was now being haunted by her deeds. Supposedly, if she came near buckets, they would fill with the blood of the baby she'd killed. <laughs> she tried desperately to empty the buckets of blood into the river, but they just refilled. That's until she fell in and drowned. If you stand on the bridge under a full moon, or so it said, you'll still see the river run red with blood. So anytime she goes near a hardware store, it's a <laughs> it all problem. fills with buckets. All have, the bu- all the hardware store buckets bucket. fill up. In Georgia, a Home Depot, a lake is filled with ghost towns. In Georgia, as noted by Mysterious Universe. There's a lake filled with historic landmarks, bridges. Well, that's here in Sacramento, too. Bridges, businesses, and ghost towns. It's a 50,000-acre man-made body of water known as Lake Lanier. To build this monstrosity, well, it's kind of mean, over 250 (laughs) families and several buildings and cemeteries had to be ushered out to new locales. Somebody's not a fan. Well, it was good of them to, you know, (laughs) you should get the families out before you flood. Oh, your screen just went. Oh, no. I don't know. It's okay. kind of weird. So, um, to build this monstrosity over to an okay, uh, much though was left up. You went too far. Much though was left behind. Forests were buried by millions of gallons of water. Entire towns were swallowed by the rushing flow, left fully intact with streets, buildings, parks, and all. But there's one other thing rumored to be below Lake Lanier's surface, and that's the souls of those who used to live there. Well, they're not. They didn't kill them. The lake is creepy enough on its own. The abandoned derelict boats and buildings below the surface will send shivers up your spines. But the disproportionate number of deaths on the lake is the fuel that powers myth. Boating accidents, drownings, and cars careening off the road to land in Lanier's waters add to the lake's mystery. It's said that the ghost towns below the water's surface are the reason behind lake-goers' misfortune as the spirits trapped within reach up and pull those unfortunate souls down to the depths. The argument then becomes whether it's ghosts or a curse that made this lake so unlucky. But many agree it's something paranormal. 
That's not very cool. So nobody got killed. So where no, did the ghosts come from? I, maybe the cemetery. I mean, you uh, know, because they flooded a cemetery. They flooded a cemetery. I mean, I doubt okay. they dug everybody they up. Should have clarified that you know where these things are coming from. Well, maybe right? it's you know exactly. people don't like to leave their homes. I get Hawaii. Lucky. A creature that devours some, human flesh. I bet there's some hard to pronounce things in there. In the <laughs> in the city of Honolulu, there's one house believed to be the home of a creature so terrifying that few dare enter the building. The Koamuki yeah, you're right, <laughs> Kaimuki house. According to only in your only in your state. <laughs> This home was rumored to be inhabited by a Japanese ghoul. Only in your state. Uh, yeah. A Japanese ghoul known as Kasha. Well, that was easy. Yeah. Spooky Kind Investigations, a paranormal investigation research group, describes the creature as a ghost from Japanese folklore that's only caught up when a person commits an impressive number of evil deeds in their lifetime. Ooh, I wonder how many I wonder you what the limit do. is. Yeah. <laughs> Upon their death, the goal arrived. The goal, the cool arrives in drag. Oh no, to drag! <laughs> Not in drag. <laughs> that would be so much better. That would be as crazy, sending souls to hell. But the legend seems to have a bit more to it. The creature in the Kumuki house is said to feast on the flesh of humans, and there have been several reports attesting to the horrid nature of the building's inhabitant. The popular myth seems to be traced back to a fictional story written by a man named Glenn Grant. Good old Glenn. Glenn. But the locals have been talking about it for decades, as it made clear by police reports reading, reaching back to the 40s. The 40s wasn't really a good time, was no. it? Apparently a couple had the police called on them by a neighbor when they heard banging sounds from inside the houses at the garbage cans. But when the cops showed up, the couple attributed the noises to a being trying to attack them. <gasps> no way. In other supposed scenarios, the Kasha had interrupted to kill attempted. or did kill <laughs> children. Well, they attempted. Okay. In Idaho, Idaho. Well, the water babies will drag you under. Some myths go so far back that their roots are difficult to trace. They become so woven into local culture that they're just a part of everyday life, such as the case of the water babies at Massacre Rock State Park Hell in yeah. Idaho. Water babies at Massacre State... Vacation destination, wow. Massacre Rock State Park, Idaho. Well, somewhere I've always wanted to go. <laughs> as the Idaho State Journal tells it, the myth begins with a local indigenous American tribe in a time when famine plagued the state. Fearing having too many mouths to feed... They decided to put the young ones out of their misery. Did they just eat? Maybe they should have eaten them. A quick death was better than starving over the course of weeks or months. That is true. And the more mouths meant less food for everyone else. So they drowned the infants in the Snake River. People don't like children in these things. You know, there's a thing. They're, you know, they eat all the time. <laughs> the they're so messy. And they're so tender. <laughs> the, sto <laughs> the story is known to differ between... Oh, soft, white underbelly. <laughs> The story is known to differ between sources, but the idea remains the same. Babies were drowned in Snake River at Massacre Rocks. According to 107.9 Light FM. Light FM, Massacre Rocks. Some people think the ghosts of the infants now inhabit the waters, while others believe they're, they sprouted gills and became some sort of monsters. <laughs> yeah, we just saw Avatar, probably that's what happened. Huh? Regardless, it's said you can hear the babies crying at night from the Snake River. Oh, you'd love that. And if you get too close, they'll drag you down with them. You will not be dragging me down, you little babies. You little gilled babies. Illinois, the seven gates of hell in Collinsville. In the town of Collinsville, Illinois... An urban legend dating back around 40 years claims this area has an elaborate mechanism that allows one to open a gateway to hell. Close the gateway. <laughs> According to Warm Soda Mag, <laughs> but it's not something the locals would ever want to do. I would hope not. No. You don't know what's going to come out if you open that gate. Surrounding the town are a series of old railroad trestles rumored to have been the spots for lynchings, satanic rituals, meetings for the KKK, and all sorts of other nasty things. Yeah, this one, this, this episode isn't going to be advertised yet. Isn't going to be advertised either after this. No. Today, these trestles are covered in graffiti and look fairly derelict, which is a little creepy if you were hanging out by one telling ghost stories under a full moon. But don't be mistaken. The locals believe they hold a devilish power. 
Oh, of course, it's a devilish power. It can't be an angelic power. <laughs> As the legend states, if you were to drive through the seven trestles, hitting the final one at exactly the stroke of midnight, <laughs> oh, you have to time that pretty good. You'll open a portal to the devil's realm. I'd be closing that bridge at midnight. Hellhounds will come bounding. There's one right here. Hellhounds will come bounding out of the rift and drag you straight to eternal torture. I don't want to go there. The story of the last people to attempt this feat didn't end well. Supposedly in the 70s. The 70s were awesome. Why are they going to drag the 70s into uh-huh. this? Nothing bad happened in the 70s. No, except for these kids. Supposedly in the 70s, a group of kids dropped acid before... I can see how this is... I yep. see where this is going. Before trying... Before trying. Their run ended in a deadly crash before they even reached the seventh gate. Of course, no one knows how much of this was evil's presence. And how much was a pink elephant dancing on the hood? Oh, is that an acid... It's a, uh, that's that, usually an alcohol thing, I thought. The pink elephant. Pink elephant. Or I thought that's what... Isn't that a prize that you get that nobody else wants? That's a white elephant. Oh, okay. Close. I knew that. Close. Wrong color. Okay. In Indiana, a green beast beneath the Ohio River. You're stuck, aren't you? The <laughs> dog, dog is stuck dog in the stuck. corner. You got it. You can't get out. <laughs> now he gets head in the garbage can. There's no exit that way. <laughs> I'll just get my head in the garbage can now. German shepherds so are smart, de- right? I'm so depressed. I'm so depressed. I can't put it in reverse. You want to come out? No, he's... Get out. Okay. <laughs> there, there might be a monster lurking under the Ohio River around Evansville, Indiana. Or maybe the beast has died or left long ago. Okay. So oh. either there's a beast or there's not. Or there's not. Or maybe the... Okay. But the myth surrounding it is creepy as much in coincidence as it is in story. The date, August 21, 1955. At least it was in the 40s. As Exemplor explains, these publications are so... Somebody made this crap up. A couple of women wanted to enjoy a nice day soaking up the sunshine during a swim in the Ohio River. Mrs. Darwin Johnson and Mrs. Mrs. Chris Lamble... And they don't have their own freaking first names, right? <laughs> Hit the water expecting nothing unusual to happen that day. But a green beast with clawed hands had a different idea. The beast rose from beneath Johnson, locked its claw around her leg, and with a powerful jerk, pulled her violently beneath the waterline. Not gently. Violently. Not, didn't have, like, nice, you know, fur-lined gloves and pulled her gently. No, violently. Lambeau, seeing her friend drop so quickly, screamed, ah, with fright. <laughs> like that? Wow. How'd she sound? <laughs> That's not a very good it's girl kinda, scream. It's kind of like the... Um, I've heard a lot of... When we, well, no, I haven't heard a lot the, of girl um, screams, but... The, the, on TV in your um, in the movie yesterday when those people it was time to go to war and their their war cry was <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't me that was so show weird. me your war face <laughs> it's like that's your bar that's your bar face Lamble seeing her friend drop so quickly screamed with fright Johnson must must have been a strong woman because she fought her way out of the creature's grip and make it back to the surface. The creature grabbed her again, but this time she lunged for Lamble's raft, making such a rucket it, it scared the beast away. He's a good screamer. It was only it was the only sighting in that particular area, but inter- area, but interestingly, interestingly, that's too many syllables for me. The event happened on the same day a group of Goblin creatures were famously reported not far away in Kentucky. Goblins in Kentucky. There's a shocker. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> oh, that kid is so weird. <laughs> it's a kid walking up. I wish I could turn the camera. Oh. He's wearing, what is that? Little kid? trees or antlers or something. I think it's antlers. It's antlers. Okay, well, but they're gold. It's weird. That's the same child who rides a bicycle in cowboy boots. So. Well, you know, you got to protect your ankles. I guess. Iowa kissing the black angel will lead to an early grave. Who? Well, okay. (laughs) Any oddity can seem supernatural under the right lighting. Stoking the flames of myth that gets passed down through generations. This is surely what happened in the small city of Iowa City, Iowa. (laughs) Small city of Iowa City. Where the black angel resides in a peaceful cemetery. Oh, what a great place to be. As go Iowa awesome. 
Go Iowa Awesome. That's that's the publication yeah. that put this out. Because why w- would you not put this in there? There were several different stories surrounded the statue, and all of them were miles from coming close to the truth. Wow. The myths say a husband placed the bronze statue over his late wife's grave, but the statue darkened to black because he was terribly unfaithful. Bastard. Not just regularly unfaithful. <laughs> terribly. terribly unfaithful. Was, was there any other kind? Because you're supposed to be so, faithful to your dead wife. <laughs> Officially, a woman named Teresa Feldevert commissioned the statue. But other stories say she was a sinner. She's a sinner! Or a witch whose evil deeds caused the bronze to tarnish. However, the story unfolds. Other, other myths about the Black Angel of Oakland Cemetery remain the same. According to Atlas Obscura, <laughs> Obscure Atlas, the uh, locals believe it if you kiss the angel, you'll be asking for an early death. And why wouldn't you, right? And some think women who walk beneath its blackened wings while pregnant will miscarry. However, you look at it, however you look at it, the myths make her out to be one nasty statue. Nasty statue, you. In Kansas. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, you can get crammed a hamburger by the hamburger man. Oh, Hell yeah. No. This one's yours. If you find yourself near the sand hills outside of Hutchinson, Kansas, it's best to leave as quickly as you can. <laughs> because, because of the Hamburger Man. Is that, did that rhyme? Is that rhyme? <laughs> because Hamburger Hill is home to ghouls. Wait, wait, wait. Run, run as fast as you can. You don't want to get caught by the Hamburger Man. Exactly what do you think? <laughs> right, well, but you're on Hamburger Hill. What do you think is going to happen? <laughs> Hamburger Hill. It's home to a ghoul of sorts that'll turn you into paste. Paste, I tell you. <laughs> paste. Then what? Hamburger paste. Then they put it all over a balloon and make paper mache heads out of them. I don't know. The legend has been around since at least the 50s, according to Mysterious Heartland, and goes something like this. A being known as the Hamburger Man stalks Hamburger Hill looking for unsuspecting hikers. When he comes upon one, he'll attack, dragging them back to his little shack, his little burger shack, <laughs> where he murders them with a sharp hook and what? grinds them up into hamburger. The origin of the being isn't quite known, and it's debated whether he's a man or a ghost. Does it matter? The Wichita <laughs> Eagle, for example. Either one is bad. Says some think he is just a man who was disfigured in a car accident or by a house fire, maybe while serving in a war. It's not important, though, since all the sources say if you meet this man, there's only one way your story ends. Ground up and serve for dinner at the Burger Shack. At the Burger Shack (laughs) on Hamburger Hill. Kentucky, a murderous trickster goat man. Goat man. Kentucky is reportedly home to a mysterious creature of its own. And this one is a murderous trickster who takes on a form similar to Satyr from Greek mythology. Is that, did I pronounce that right? Yeah. Satyr. Satire. Something. Satire. The satire. The Pope Lick Monster. Oh, Lord. Oh, hell yeah. Who named that? As the beast is called. Who, lick, who named that? It seems to be a mix of trickster lore and that story about the troll living under the bridge. Yeah. According to, again, Atlas Obscura, this creature calls the Pope Lick Trestle Bridge home. The Pope Lick Trestle Bridge. If you get to the third... Oh, anyway. So, hence the name. The half-man, half-goat being waits for people to come by. And then he uses some form of hypnosis. Potentially a sort of siren song to lure people under, onto his bridge. The Pope Lick Bridge isn't decommissioned by any means. It's very much an active trainway. Under the goat man's spell, the victims walk the tracks until a passing train runs them over. Oh, that's mean. There are other stories about the being that claim he jumps down from the bridge to land on cars like some sort of psychedelic daredevil. Psychotic, not okay. psychedelic. <laughs> I like psychedelic. He's better. very colorful. I need new glasses. Whatever the case may be, people have died at the Pope Lick Bridge from accidents from trespassing on the trainway. Well, don't walk on a train bridge. <laughs> In Louisiana, we got a deformed clan of people that haunt the Grunch Road. Where else would that be? 
Are they melonheadish? The Louisiana tale about the people at the end of Grunch Road is surely one of the weirder legends out there. But given the state's melting pot heritage, nobody's all that surprised. Somewhere back in the bayou, down a lane formerly called Grunch Road, lives a clan of dwarfs and albino folks. According to white folks. According to 97.3, the dog. <laughs> the dog. <laughs> it's said to D-A-W-G. be. It's said that these people were hassled all the time by residents who treated them as some sort of local freak show. Well, they're, they're, uh, well, uh, they're dwarfs hey, and Come albinos. on now. Yeah, they're, they're just. That's what happens. Residents. The group wanted nothing more than to live in peace with everything small so they could reach it. <laughs> Avoiding the world... They need that hook thing that you press. Hey, I have one of those. Shut up. (laughs) Avoiding the world and the jerks that made their life hell, they became more and more secluded until interbreeding and inbreeding left them barely looking human. Still, they were treated as freaks. Well, yes, you're, you're becoming freakier. That is, until pets started disappearing. By the time people began to go missing... Everyone knew to leave them alone. Well, they needed new breeding stock. <laughs> best things, best things, Louisiana. Best talks things, Louisiana. <laughs> talks you know of, what the best thing about Louisiana is? This thing. Talks <laughs> of a rumor claiming these people hired a type of beast to protect them and drive off anyone coming too yeah, close. I think he's here now. Yeah, we got a beast. Their territory. Others say they made a deal with the devil or a German shepherd, one or the other. One thing's certain. You don't want to meet him at the end of Grunch Road. Grunch Road. Catherine of Catherine Mountain in Maine. As far as myths from Maine are concerned, most of them are fairly benign. But that isn't to say the state doesn't have any creepy myths. As Bangor Daily News makes clear, the myth of Catherine of Catherine Mountain has locals seeing things. That's kind of a boring Catherine myth. of Cath- Catherine Mountain. Catherine of Catherine Mountain. They, could see. they call her Catherine. The the story goes that a woman believed by some to be Catherine Downing, who died in 1892, was buried in a nearby cemetery, lost her life in some tragic accident. What type of accident it was is obscured by history. The spirit of Catherine is said to be seen wandering near the 1,000-foot mountain that shares her name. Along Black Woods Road, Black Woods Road, and if you come across the spirit, you have a choice to make: help her or flee. If you choose not to help the lost soul, the legend says you'll be cursed with the sort of bad luck that sends your vehicle uncontrollably swerving off the road. That's bad luck right there. That is bad luck. In Maryland, we have the Demon Truck on Seven Hills Road. The state of Maryland. Like many of the older states on the East Coast, has a rich world of folklore and local mythology, probably due to the vast influx of colonists. They brought their lore with them and immigrants from Europe who brought with them bits and pieces of their native traditions. The demon truck that's believed to inhabit Seven Hills Road, though, isn't quite so old since motor vehicles weren't common. Yeah, we didn't, didn't drive here from, you know. England, when the state first came into being, but that doesn't make it any la- less creep-tastic. Creep, that's creep-tastic. creep-tastic. I've never heard that man. word before. I don't think it's a word. <laughs> According to Week and Weird, <laughs> Week, this Week and Weird at Elliott City, Ellicott <laughs> City has one of the weirder haunting <laughs> myths around. The community is believed to be one of the most haunted in the United States, and the essence of all that spiritual activity has spread to inanimate objects. Instead of this legend surrounding a human spirit, it's said that the ghost of a truck is what plagues the pavement of Seven Hills Road. The road itself winds around seven large hills, hence the name. And if the locals' claims are correct, it seems to be fairly dangerous, mostly because young drivers find it fun to hit the hills at top speed. Many in the area believe the accidents caused on this road aren't due to the daredevil speeds alone, but are caused by the phantom headlights said to appear behind vehicles and drive them off the pavement. That was Seven Hills Road where I grew up, down the Bay Area. It didn't really have any... There was no ghosts? No, there was no ghosts. Well, that's a you stupid know. Seven Hills Road. Just a lot of, you know, you know, drinking and driving back in the... You know, a little acid? Set, little, not mine, not for me. So you see pink elephants. <laughs> Massachusetts, the weird people of the woods. That's very generic. 
Some myths are fairly modern, while others have roots in older traditions. And this creepy one from Massachusetts can be traced clear back to legends from the indigenous Algonquin tribes long before colonizers set foot on American soil, according to native languages. The creatures of this myth may be small, but they're said to wreak plenty of havoc. Kind of like me. As an article from Massachusetts Paranormal Crossroads via Spooky South Coast explains the common myth of the Pugwudgies <laughs> is alive. The Pugwudgies. The they don't sound dangerous. They sound adorable. I know, they do. You want to just hug them. It's alive and well in Bristol County where some locals believe these two-foot-tall humanoid demons haunt the woods. Those little Ewoks. Once believed, to be helpful creature, once believed to be helpful creatures in the days before the United States... The Pugwudgies are now said to cause a number of disturbances ranging from messing with hunters in the woods and throwing stones to abducting people who find themselves too close to their land at night. What a two-foot... There better be a lot of them. They're so cute. There better be a lot of them because if they're going to abduct me... (laughs) I see like eight of them carrying you out. Well, you're there camping, you know, and they... Like Gulliver. Put a date rape drug in your beer and then, you know, drag you away. What's crazy about this myth is that people still claim to see these creatures roaming about, but their appearance seems to have been influenced by European myths of nasty little folk like gnomes and trolls. Nasty little folk. In Michigan, we have a monster who preys on campers. Torch Lake, just a skip away from Lake Michigan, is one of the most gorgeous inland lakes in the United States. According to Forbes, it's not the biggest thing around, but it's sufficiently deep at 285 feet and houses plenty of big fish for fishermen. Apparently, it's also home to a monster who preys on those caught unaware on its waters, including the local campers. The myth of the Torch Lake monster likely persists thanks to generations of storytelling at the camp. Hey-yo! Went ha! Hey-yo! Went ha! Just, but just because this myth is spread by children doesn't distract from its merit. Johnny Carson named that. Hey-yo. Hey-yo. But it's hey-yo, went-ya. Hey-yo, went-ya. Uh, the monster, as 99.1 WFMK tells it, <laughs> is believed to be some weird chimeric cross between a lizard and a mountain lion. Okay, now those Ooh, two really shouldn't cross. And gets blamed by locals for the drownings that occur. With Torch Lake being a... Fairly impressive tourist attraction. Stories of mysterious drownings without known causes are less than rare, so the myth lives on through those tragedies. The creature, also described as a sea panther, is said to rise out of the water at night to feed on stragglers still within the lake's boundaries. I guess you stay away from the... Makes sense. Sure, because I do not want to see a sea panther. Minnesota! An ancient man-eater of legend. In Minnesota, one of the most terrifying legends retold and bastardized from indigenous American stories is said to roam the thick timber that covers the northern portion of the state. And this isn't the kind of beast you'd want to encounter alone in the woods, or even with a group for that matter. Just stay away. Get out of Minnesota right now. Minnesota. According to Park Rapids Enterprise, the Wendigo, the Wendigo, one of the most feared manhunters of all mythology, has been reported in the state as far back as the end of the Civil War. You better ask your sister about this Yeah, one. I'll see if she's seen this. The wet Mandingo. No, man, Wendingo. <laughs> the beast feasts on the flesh of humans. But the creepiest part of this myth, that isn't creepy, but the creepiest part of this myth is that the Wendigo is said to have once been a human itself. No way. Way, the legends claim men who turned cannibalistic for one of many reasons. Maybe they were hungry, uh, starvation, believe that would transfer power, or simply because they were eh, Jeffrey Dahmer sick. Ew. I didn't know that was a term. Transformed into creatures eight to fifteen feet tall. Oh, they grew. Covered in white fur and cursed to yearn for the meat of their former species oh for the rest of their days. This myth has been popularized by movies and TV shows like Supernatural for years now, which probably has something to do with the Wendigo's popularity. Oh, this is great. In Mississippi, we got a man's odor that turns women homicidal. That's why I try to use deodorant daily. It's a good idea. 
Not all creepy myths have to do with demons or ghosts or the paranormal at all. Some surround strange biological phenomena and government conspiracies, much like the one that had people in Mississippi quite riled up in the 50s. Riled up. They were riled up. A mythical disease called Mercritus. Got the Mercritus, honey. Was believed by some to have infected the population of Mississippi in the 50s. According to Urban Legends Online, it supposedly caused men to emit a body odor after eating too much lead. Like from drinking certain types of paint. <laughs> Is that a thing? I don't, when a, Just drink paint. When a woman smelled this odor, it would drive her into violent and often murderous insanity. There are even rumors of a riot occurring due to the spread of this mythic sickness. You likely won't find evidence of any of this, though, since the government is said to have covered it up. Why were they eating paint? There was even a book published about the incident that claims the smell men were emitting affected every woman on a hormonal level. But the, only the pretty women are the ones who became killers. So you just you got to get yourself an ugly woman. That's all there is to it. I keep getting dead. Missouri, the dangers of Zombie Road. Don't go to Zombie Road. Don't go to oh, Zombie Road. As this list makes quite apparent, hauntings don't necessarily have to be centuries-old houses or sacrificial sites hidden away in remote backwoods. They can also occur on things as commonplace as bike paths. Oh, the haunted bike path. That's what many popular myths say. say. Anyway, it likely has something to do with the spooky nature paths with heavy tree cover take on the sun, take on as the sun goes down. And oh, zombie road in Wildwood, Missouri is just that sort of place. Lawler Ford Road, known to the local folk as Zombie Road, it's a short hike, but within that minuscule stretch of pavement, there's enough supposed paranormal activity that it's considered one of the most haunted paths in the county. Or so Dangerous Roads says. That well, publication, else? Dangerous Roads magazine. <laughs> Read it all the time. It's a weekly. Where are we going next, honey? <laughs> Having one of the largest known indigenous American burial mounds in the U.S. located, its stretch doesn't hurt either. In the U.S. located long stretch. Okay. The zombies of Zombie Road are plentiful from the rising of spectral indigenous spirits and Confederate soldiers to giant ghosts and the lost souls of industrial workers. But the most chilling myth, as only in your state, only in your state, <laughs> explains... Is the tale of a terrifying man who lives in a shack by the road. There's always, there's always hammers. a terrifying man in a fucking shack. That's some burgers. <laughs> the mythical man allegedly attacks couples who are looking for an inconspicuous, inconspicuous location to um, um, get away from it all. No sex in no, his shack. That's God. what he says. No sex here. But here's some hamburgers. In Montana. A prison with a horrible past, as opposed to one with a carnival-like past. <laughs> the old Montana State Prison was decommissioned some in the are better late than 70s. And if you ask some locals, they might say it had something to do with the haunting inside the prison walls. According to Haunted Hovel, the prison was <laughs> never an ideal place. They made, them, they made all of these publications no, up. No, real publication. There's no way there's a publication called Haunted, Haunted Hovel. Hovel. The, the prison was never an ideal place, even as far as prisons go. <laughs> it was never an ideal. Never, <laughs> I'm telling you, it just was not a carnival. Never, I hope to never go to prison, but I'm sure it's wherever it is, it's not going to be an ideal place. Yeah. It suffered overcrowding problems from the beginning, and this was during the Wild West days following the Civil War. When conditions in general just weren't favorable, it was underfunded, lacking in beds for inmates, and dirty. Not the type of place you want to send anyone who wasn't your worst enemy. As you might expect, these conditions led to riots, inmate takeovers, and an unusually high death toll. Yeah, there was overcrowding, so this must make it better. Yeah. Many believe this prison is the herd. This prison is haunted by the angry inmates who lost their lives on the grounds, and given the conditions and treatment at the facility, any spirit hanging around would just have to be angry. 
It now serves as a museum where some visitors have claimed to have been attacked by spirits. Well, uh -oh. We're not going there. While others see apparitions or feel heavy, unnerving presences. Then there's Nebraska, a teacher with a taste for murder. Murder. Being a teacher has to be a fairly difficult job. Yeah. Let's face it. School children can be really jerks sometimes. And the gig requires you to deal with the less than pleasant parents that often accompany these kids. Oh, you know all about that. I do. I'm, You're that yeah, my parent. Kid, my kids acted a lot better than I did. That, of course, wouldn't necessarily drive a normal teacher to murder, even if they thought about it for a time <laughs> or two. But then, the teacher from this Nebraskan myth couldn't have been exactly normal. As the story goes, according to Only in Your State... A teacher had been going about the uh, usual teaching business one day in the early 1900s at one of those classic one-room schoolhouses in the town of Portal. Hell's Portal. No, just Portal. Out of nowhere, and nobody seems to know exactly what caused this, the teacher became enraged. Freaking kids. Moving to the doors, she barred the exit. Then she grabbed a hatchet. Why is there a hatchet in the classroom? They got cut firewood. Okay. That's what they use to keep the classroom warm. Okay. And methodically murdered her pupils, decapitated them, placing them, placing their heads on the desks in some versions. Oh, that's so cool. They're all in their little places. Wow. When the teacher snapped out of it, she was torn with grief as she gathered up the freshly murdered children's hearts. Ew. <laughs> Which every iteration of the legend says she'd cut out and tossed them off a nearby bridge where it said you can still hear them beating today. Don't go to that bridge with the In Nevada, watch your kidneys. Didn't we do Nevada already? No, we didn't. No, we did not. Oh, we're in Nevada. Oh, Arizona. Okay, go ahead. It's Nevada. Those are two separate states. Got it. Nevada is a fairly diverse state. You have the rural desert areas with their own myths and legends, and then you have Las Vegas. Okay. <laughs> Viva Las Vegas. Maybe it's not that diverse. The legends from rural areas tend to be relatively old. But the cool thing about a popular tourist, tourist location like Vegas is that they have myths forming all the time. This one can be traced back to the night, all the way back to the 90s, and might think you think twice before visiting Sin City. Las Vegas Raiders, the Raiders. If you find yourself alone at a bar in Las Vegas, you might want to call a friend to keep you company so you don't lose any body parts throughout the night. Oh, wow. As the Las Vegas Sun explains, rumors of people having their kidneys stolen from them haven't just plagued Las Vegas, but numerous other cities as well. That's bizarre. Oh, remember this was a big I've thing. I've heard about emails. this, yeah. This is how the, med the myth says it happens. You sit alone at one of the many bars in Sin City where you meet an attractive person. The two of you share some good conversations and way too many drinks, ruining that kidney. Then you yeah. black out. When you awaken, if you awaken, you'll be lying in a bathtub filled with ice and have a large surgical incision in your torso, and you'll be short one kidney. Wow. I've heard that. Yeah, I've, I remember that yeah. when email first was a thing that was, your kidneys have just been harvested. Oh, it's creepy. New Hampshire. A species of devil monkey. Aren't all monkeys devil monkeys? <laughs> monkeys are just evil. There are so many areas with their own cryptids. Some of them are surprisingly well known throughout the world, such as the Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot, the Yeti, etc. And a number of them tend to fall into one of two categories, the serpent or the primate. New Hampshire's Danville devil monkey is certainly the latter. Danville is located in the hilly south of the state, just above its southern border, and it's believed to be the home of a unique primate, the Devil Monkey. As Sentinel Hill Press notes, it's an ape-like beast that lives in the woods and comes out every so often to wreak havoc. Why else would you come out? This odd and terrifying creature was allegedly reported by a dozen locals in 2001, but according to Seacoast Online... It's Nevada. Why is Seacoast Online reporting? Anyway, it turned out to simply be an escaped exotic pet, or so they believe. Of course, that doesn't explain the devil monkey sightings throughout the state's history, which strange New England says include descriptions of giant baboons with pointed ears, razor claws, 
and the snouts of dogs. Well, those sounded scary as hell. Since the 2001 monkey was reportedly never caught, how do we know for sure it wasn't a devil monkey? I'm telling you, all monkeys are devil monkeys. Yeah, my dad never liked devil monkeys. He was in, he was down in uh, South America, and he he said he had one on his back, and it pooped down his it pooped down on his shoulder, and it pooped down his neck. He says I've hated monkeys like ever since. See, I, they could poop on me, and I'd be okay. But I <laughs> I think they're gonna bite. I just they they seem very bitey to me. <laughs> New Jersey, the state's most famous cryptid, probably the best known legend from the state of New Jersey is that of the Jersey Devil or the Jersey Beast. The cryptid itself is said to be a horrifying sight, but it's the beast origin that's truly creepy. The Jersey Devil, as Pinelands Alliance explains, has been around for more than two and a half centuries, terrorizing the state's Pinelands. The beast is said to appear as a terrifying amalgamation of animals with the head of a dog, the face of a horse, the wings of a bat, a tail and horns, and a kangaroo-like posture. I can't even imagine That's this thing. That's weird looking. Yeah, which which it holds its it, with which it holds itself. The creature would surely leave anyone shaking, but the beast is also rumored to be the child of the devil. Oh well, that explains it. Uh, centuries ago, a woman by the name of Mrs. Leeds, why these women never get first names, was pregnant with her thirteenth child. Oh my lord, having too what? many <laughs> lucky thirteen, having too many mouths to feed as it was, and desperately. Desperately upset to be giving birth to yet another, she cried, Let it be the devil! And out popped the Jersey Beast. Oh, man. After exiting Mrs. Leeds' womb, the baby demon shot out of an open window and disappeared into a nearby swamp to terrorize the state's inhabitants for hundreds of years to come. How do I top that? The baby <laughs> jumped out the just window. Shot out the window. I think it were just. <laughs> Well, you call me the devil's child, and I'm out. <laughs> New Mexico, a shape-shifting demon. In New Mexico lives a demon straight out of your worst nightmares. The story is told all the way from a state to parts of Mexico proper. So its story is a long one, making La Mala Hora, the bad hour, a demon of the old world. According to Seek's ghosts... <laughs> At least that makes sense. <laughs> the demon is a shapeshifter that appears where roads intersect in the middle of the night. Scary for kids, says <laughs> the demon can take That's on who a... I want to write for. <laughs> Scary for kids. <laughs> a multitude of forms, but is usually seen as a rapidly changing black lump or a woman of the wickedest constitution. It's a black lump. <laughs> What's a wicked constitution? I, I assume it means she's, <laughs> she's wicked. It's a wicked woman. La Malahora will appear to drivers who are traveling by their lonesome, jumping out in front of their cars in female form. One of the more popular stories sailing around the internet claims that a woman was driving cross-country when a frightening female figure jumped in front of her car, causing her to screech to a halt. When the driver looked around, she didn't see the woman at first, but soon noticed her at the passenger side window. Bah. La Malahora's face was clearly demonic. Sharpened fangs, red eyes, the works, and her hands held terrible claws, which she used to strike at the window. The terrified lady drove hard and fast, but the demon followed oh, with ease, no. growing gigantic oh, as no. she did so. Somehow the driver got away from this powerful creature unharmed. Or so the story says. Ooh. Okay, that kid's gone by like 12 times now. I know, now. that's weird. In New York, a myth to scare campers into good behavior. Nobody likes a bad behaving camper. Some of the myths and legends out there exist solely for the purpose of fun. To scare the bejesus out of a campfire <laughs> gathering or perhaps live spirits. And nothing funner than scaring the bejesus out of you. Good bejesus. But other myths are designed with a specific purpose in mind. The tale of the cropsy maniac. <laughs> Cropsy maniac. The cropsy maniac. Cropsy maniac. I got the cropsy, which is commonly told at summer camps in the state of New York, has its beginnings as a camp story meant to keep kids from getting criminally out of hand and bringing a bad name to the camps. Nobody wants a bad name. As one scholar at the University of Missouri tells it, the common version of the story goes a little something like this. A respectable man 
a real member of the community type living right outside of the property of a camp, was driven insane after a group of kids burned down his house. His child and wife died in the fire. Naturally, the type of insanity that afflicted the unlucky man made him vicious and vengeful. He began stalking camps and murdering campers, making sure to leave messages burned into their skin. Oh, so the rest of the kids would know that this was his work. Well, Deb, it, was that the end? Yeah, that's uh, well. Oh, we've okay. only made it about halfway through the United States, oh. so um, and I thought maybe my through... guy would have a little more to go there. <laughs> you, uh, oh no, okay. I think we went now. That's it. He just left. Messages we'll uh, we'll have to cover the rest of uh, the horrific stories of the United States in another episode. All right. But um, I'll make a bookmark here, and you've got cookies to make. I understand. I've got cookies to bake, a kitchen to clean. I've got, I got chores. We're having visitors, and uh, you know, it's just uh, a nice, nice long weekend, and it's very it relaxing. So thanks for listening to the latest episode of the Alien Probe Podcast. We welcome comments, questions, or requests to alienprobepodcast at gmail.com. Visit us on Facebook. Check out our website, alienprobe.net, Twitter, and Instagram at alienprobepod. YouTube, like and subscribe, Alien Probe Podcast. Thanks to our senior producer, Robert Anthony. We'll see uh, Dr. Bill back in a couple weeks. And uh, Debbie, thank you very much. It's been awesome. Thank you. All right. See you next time.